All right, welcome to Buddy Book Club. I'm God, here with Keith to tell them to murder everyone. What's up, buddy? <laughs> How we doing? How we doing? This is God, murder everyone. Do you have God in, in your head, too? Just me, I thought. I actually do hear God. We'll get, we have to get into that because I didn't really understand it. But either way, we're breaking down some bestsellers. And this week, we'll be discussing The Well of Ascension, the second book of the Mistborn trilogy. If you'd like to recommend a book for us to read or reach out to us about any past episodes, visit our website, bloodybookclub.com. Sign to our DMs on Twitter and Instagram, Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify, so please download and subscribe. Keith, Well of Ascension, Brandon Sanderson. Crazy to think, and I f- keep forgetting this when we read Mistborn and then this one, that this was like his first book, definitely his first series. Because he somehow like didn't get this greenlit and got another one greenlit before this. And then this trilogy came out right after. So technically, this was like what, what he wrote first. But pretty wild to kind of have this giant story in your yeah. head. Very Tolkien-esque. Although, obviously, L-O-T-R has its own, has its own place in my heart. But um, yeah, phenomenal. So... Well of Ascension, we're going to get into it. I think we'll probably just dive right into it with some stock up, stock down, right? Yeah, let's do it live. Well, in that case, let's jump in with uh, some stock up. What do you have for stock up? First stock up for me is metal workers slash chemists. Okay. Stock up. Okay. So I think this is maybe the, the most underrated aspect of the whole universe here, of the whole universe he builds, is that the Alaman series and Mistborns constantly need metals in order to basically do their magic right Mm. and if they don't have the perfect metals they're going to get poisoned basically by it so we have this kind of need for this like person that's able to provide pure metals to them but they don't they don't have them just ready to go they don't have guys like that just like on the side they're just baking this stuff up for them this whole book the most important thing or one of the most important things that occurs in this book is that vin benefits from or discovers duralium is that how i say it duralumin duralumin and like she's the only one that knows this but it's really not Vin that discovered it. It's this chemist that's like randomly that on here. Like this is the most important guy in the book almost, right? And yeah, we don't even know they who were he working, is. They're working together. You know, she was sending him ideas. He was doing it. You know, it's a little uh, Wozniacky jobs kind of situation. <laughs> right. But that should be her right-hand man. Like she, he yeah, should be why walking, traveling around yeah, with him all the time. Yeah. Why isn't he part of the entourage? And also Ellen's dad had just some, like a brothel and one of the girls in it, is like, oh, yeah, I'm good at uh, chemistry. And so she just hi- hires her off the street. In reality, she's just poisoning him the whole time. But, like, he's like, ah, how, how are we not investing in chemists and metal workers? And, like, these are the most important things in this society. What are we doing? Yeah, Streff Ventures loaded, can do pretty much anything. And instead, he has Jesse from Breaking Bad as his <laughs> chemist. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is interesting, especially because there are, a lot of them are alloys and stuff, so they have to have certain percentages. Like she even says, it's not pure metals; like they need X amount of percentage of all these different things. But yeah, these people are not given the credence that that they deserve, and they should probably unionize, right? Like the, we need the metallurgist union to come out and be like, we're not making any more metals for you, mistings. You alamancers until you guys help. Although then probably the terrorismen might just take it over. You don't want that kind of situation. Well, all the unions actually in this book are kind of suck. So yeah, they are pretty terrible. But the, yeah, the contra like formed a union. They're like, here's what we're gonna do. We'll be slaves. I'm like, wait, what? That's the union's goal. Like, what, what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm gonna have more on that myself. So I guess I'll get into that too because my first stock up is contracts. Normally. You hate contracts. You hate them. If mm-hmm. someone hands you a contract, it's terrible. You don't want to read the fine print. More often than not, you just don't. And it's just super long. Plus then contracts are so easy to slip in and out of with getting lawyers involved. It's just, it's all terrible. But with a contra- contract, there's no need for the fine print. There's no need for lawyers. Those things are ironclad and they're extremely simple. It's like, I have to listen to everything you do or else I got to go jump off a bridge. Like, what? Like, that's the deal? It's like, yep, that's what we agreed upon. Like, that's what we're going to do. So contracts in this universe, I, I'm into it. If all the contracts were Condra-type contracts, it'd be mm-hmm. great. You would never have a problem with Best Buy. You could bring Best Buy back into your life. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Buy a TV, they'd say, do you want an extended warranty? You'd say, yeah, sure. When you call them for a warranty, boom, new TV comes. It's not even anything. If they're like, oh, we're not going to send you the TV, 
you say, okay, well, Brian's the guy that gave me the contract. I'm going to go shoot him. And they're going to say, okay, fine. Totally. That's totally cool. He did not uphold his end of the contract. Yeah. That's, that's the rules. So yeah, them's, them's the rules. Them's the rules. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we need more contra contracts in our life. Although I still don't really understand how they came about. It was like they built them for themselves to kind of preserve them. Right. So like, like the Lord ruler can't just like kill us all off because we have these contracts. Is, was that kind of it? It was, I didn't really get I all think that. they're like genies from Aladdin where, you know, someone needs to grant them the third wish to like free, set them free. That's what I was getting the vibe of. I was like, oh, this is just a genie, you know? Yeah, well, it's just like a term limit. So you have the contract for a certain amount of time and then it's over. Well, Vin, I thought was going to do was take the contract and say, you know, your contract now is that you have to be free. Like, and that's forever. Yeah, I kind of I kind of thought that thing, too. I thought it was going to be like, I wish you to be free, genie. <laughs> Although, didn't he use his three wishes? How did that end up working? I forget. In Aladdin? First one is becoming a prince. The second one was to save him from drowning. And then the third one, I can't remember. The third one was to free him, right? That was what it was. Because the first one was to get out of the cave at the beginning, and he was like, all right, use your first wish, but he didn't actually wish it. He just said, like, oh, I bet you couldn't get me out of this cave. I don't know. Go rewatch Aladdin or play the (laughs) Super Nintendo video game, which is great. What else do you have for Stock Up? Stock Up, the ultimate way to win an argument. Wait, what? This was dropped in the the book, and I want to test it out on you because it was, I think it was Osir talking with Vin, and and Osir says, why do you hate me so much? And Vin's like, well, because you used Kelsier's body. And then, now, now, like, the argument that comes after that is the best argument I've ever heard. So I'm gonna, let's test this out. You say something that I think is wrong, I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you and win the argument automatically the way Osir would want it. Okay. Uh, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Well, <laughs> listen, D man, listen. You're too smart to think that. That can't be right. You, you know that. You're too smart for that. Oh, see what ooh, see what it does there? Ooh. It makes it's a, it's like a forehanded insult or a backhanded compliment. No, it's I like, like forehanded insult. Forehanded insult, or I don't know what it is, but it's basically saying you're really smart, and therefore your argument's stupid. So you can't possibly think that that because that's a stupid argument. It's such a good way to ooh, argue. That is really good. It's so condescending, and I love it. <laughs> So test this out with your GF tonight, SGF, you know, see how that works. Let me know. Yeah. So we're actually planning on finishing. She's never seen Star Wars. So we're finishing Return of the Jedi tonight. And so, yeah, so she might say something along the lines of like, I think Phantom Menace was better. (laughs) <laughs> and then i'll be like well okay. after you break up like what do you do then or what do you <laughs> but you can't break up with me that's you know you're smarter than that <laughs> that's so stupid she'll use it on you oh okay all right <laughs> uh, uh, but like it's a this. great argument right it is a great argument i'm a huge fan yeah because if you disagree continue to disagree you're just dumb you're like well now you're dumb you're, you're proving to me that <laughs> now right? you're just admitting you're dumb yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so my second stock up can't can't top that i don't think well actually this one might uh speaking of or sir is dogs stock up for dogs and dog stock super high as we all know uh, mm-hmm. we both yeah, we both have you know freddy you got freddy i got i got bear over here we both love our dogs um Actually, we both love our girlfriend's dogs, which is even <laughs> which is even better. But uh, so Orsur or Tensoon, you know, he's a he's a conjurer, so he has to adhere to the conjure contract. But Vin gives him a dog's body, which one genius move, like absolutely genius move by Vin. Plus, like, and, and the fact that this hasn't been experienced before, like Orsur slash Tensoon, is a you know. At first, he's like, I'm not going to do that. But that kind of blows me away that they wouldn't have tried taking animal bodies because mistwraiths take on anything they find. They're like kind of related to mistwraiths. Like, why wouldn't they have tested out? Why wouldn't you get like the most exotic predator and have that be your Chandra? It'd be amazing. Talk about Aladdin. It'd be like having Raja at your side. Like, mm. you know, who wouldn't want a tiger? Oh, great job. We couldn't remember the three <laughs> wishes, but you could remember Raja. Jesus, that was well done. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of the Disney animals. Um, <laughs> but the second she gets him the dog's body, not only does he, like, start to help her out more and has these, like, cool ideas. Oh, just put these vials, like, inside of me and, and, you know, speak the secret password and I'll open up my shoulder blades and you can take it out. But... 
the loyalty aspect. I think that because he was a dog, he took on some dog abilities, not only the scent and sight and all those other things, agility that dogs have, but also the more important one, which is loyalty. Because in the end, he kind of fudges the contract a bit Mm. to save Vin when she's fighting my boy Zane there. You know, Zane's talking to God and the conjurer is like, nah, you know what? Like, uh, if you kind of hints at her, you know, hints at her, if you do this, then uh, try that thing. Remember what I told you? Boom. Loyalty. At the end of the day, even though he had an ironclad contract in which he would die, he took on that dog loyalty and he stood up for Vin. I respected it. But what did you think about the Chandra as a whole? You know, we saw obviously Orser at the end when he took on Kelsier's body and we like figured out that whole thing. But were you a fan of them? Were you not? Because we get pretty much two new beings in this book, being the Chandra and the uh, the Coloss. We got the Chandra and the Coloss. Everything else we're pretty familiar with. What, what did we think about Chandra? I didn't get how... Zane knew that they were using a conjurer and then, then the contract allows him to not kill humans, but they can kill a conjurer. Mm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? How they, they basically are like, oh, they're like the conjurer impossible to find. They're impossible to find. Nobody knows what a conjurer is. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, this person's a conjurer. We knew that. It's like, wait, isn't that against the whole yeah. premise of the book? Yeah, it's interesting. And then they're like, oh, we can just kill it too. It's like, oh, like how, and, and Zane didn't know how to kill the conjurer, right? So I don't get. No, or Sir did it right no i mean tensoon so tensoon's allowed to kill his own kind i think so you just can't kill humans why would that be well you can't kill humans because that's like the the rule that they said in their contracts tensoon like wouldn't tell vin any of the secrets or anything like that and and she would like openly been like help me find it and he's like nah i guess it was himself yeah it was himself like what's he gonna do it's me (laughs) game over this book's now only a hundred pages long. He just long. kills himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of see. I kind of liked that aspect, and I thought Tensoon was like a really good character. I'm actually interested to see because he leaves pretty much at you know after the whole thing with Vin and goes back to his people to you know kind of get their judgment on the whole situation. And it seems like he's going to have to tell them like everything that went down. So. I guess I'm like kind of interested in that and also just like how it works in general. So like he gets a contract from the group and then you have to go out as a slave and like be a slave to people. And then once your contract's done, you go back home. Maybe they get the money. I I don't know exactly how it works, but I just, I thought the relationship too between him and Vin was one of the more enjoyable dialogue aspects of this. Cause the first Mm -hmm. half or two thirds of the book is not a tons going down, very dialogue heavy, which I enjoyed. I thought it was good stuff. Uh, but I thought the conversations between them were really good and the way they kind of like played off each other. And they also had like the most humor, I think, like between them in the book with their like not so hidden vitriol for each other, even though they end up becoming like biffles. Uh, did you have any other stock up? Well, to tie it back to uh, the Star Wars reference you, you made earlier, hmm. stock up Anakin Skywalker's turn. Like turn to the dark side? Turn to the dark side, okay. yeah. So I always thought the turn from Anakin was pretty crazy. You know, one second he's just like following the Jedi code. The next second he's just murdering little kids off. But but then we go to this book and we have two of these turns. We first have Elend, who's never fighting everyone, doesn't believe in fighting it, like he could have assassinated these leaders had Vin go in there and just kill him and the war would have ended. Like I was like, why don't we just do this? So you kill two people instead of killing thousands. Yeah, he's going to Mustafar and killing the whole trade federation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing? We have Elend who has this principle like that, just walks into the Kolos camp, stupid, and then attacks Jastes for no reason. Like it somehow survives that. And I'm like, holy shit, that was stupid. What a dumb move. <laughs> Then he attacks a Coloss. Uh, yeah. He's never fought before. He fights a Coloss to the death, kills a Coloss, which I was like, wow, okay, that was pretty crazy. Then a second later, Vin, who's like, you know, been like, oh, I, I like, you know, I could just go kill these leaders, but, uh, you know, Ellen doesn't want me to, decides, I'm going to go kill 300 foot soldiers, mostly Ska, probably, just go murder them. And then I'm going to get to the leader and then not kill that. And I'm like, what are we doing here? This doesn't make any sense. Both those turns were just like, so abrupt and this is after two that she's been shitting on kelsier this whole time which i fucking hated don't you talk about my boy kelsier like that he's mm, dead sir yeah. r.i.p that's the savior 
Yeah. And so, I don't know. That, those turns were just out of nowhere. Well, Ellen's was somewhat foretold in that, like, Tindwell was trying to get him to train more, and he was, like, training a lot more with the sword. You know, he said he was filling out that suit more. He, I like how he went from being, like, disheveled dress philosopher to looking like the prince in little mermaid like you know big white suit or the king from cinderella whatever you pick them pick your disney movie but the big white parade suit kind of thing i was like okay okay alan you do you but then he started training so i was like okay something's gonna go down and he's gonna have to actually like fight someone for real because we get a little bit of that in mistborn but he just like stood there with his sword like waxing it around like a little boy just found his penis now he's actually going in having a mission with that thing you know so oh, yeah. um but I've, i when he killed that uh that coloss i was thinking about it because the coloss are just like you know they grow really fast or whatever and he's like yeah i picked one out that was like a little bit bigger than me he really just killed a coloss baby like that's all he did he just murdered a coloss <laughs> baby <laughs> and picked the fight and then the other coloss look at him he's like oh yeah he stole my horse or something like that or he killed my horse it's like oh okay i guess that just, they just yes that they're just like yeah that checks out Colas don't get enough love in this i'm gonna get into yeah, that Colas are great Colas are great yeah Colas are really treated not in a good way i didn't like that but so yeah his turn i felt like was more akin to what was going on but yeah vin is you know spilling gallons and gallons of blood and then gets to my boy in the wheelchair and just like pushes him down off his wheelchair. He's like, fight me. He's like, I'm crippled. And she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. stock up uh, handicap rights. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you got to treat them equally. That's why you got to kill that guy. You have, I mean, that's, that's kind of bullshit in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Vin was thinking there. You know, she should have just killed the guy. But hey, at the end of the day, he ended up like pretty much like turning the tide for them in the war. So she made the right move. They would have been led by... The daughter had they had she just killed him and the the hair. The daughter would have came in and took over the army and helped fight. That's true. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But she kind of did like her dad. Have you actually this this conversation is kind of reminding me? Did you ever see the deleted scenes in the original Austin Powers movie? I'm sure I have. So one of them is the henchman's family. So the guy who gets run over by the steamroller. You remember him for the first one gets yeah, over by the yeah. steamroller. So and it's a very interesting and I think like hilarious take that they go for because you know there's all this killing in all these you know movies and whatnot and books, and they just take like a, a henchman who is just kind of doing his job and gets killed by the head, the lead Austin Powers in this situation, but it could have been Vin, and like goes back to his family is like you know. Where's dad? It's like, oh, dad, dad's not going to be home today. And I was thinking, I was actually thinking about that when she was killing all of these henchmen. I was like, they got families. Vin, what are you doing, girl? That was actually a good part of the book. I felt like the whole idea that she's just like a weapon for Ellen, and it's not this like mutual relationship. It's just like she's the tip of the sword and mm-hmm. he can kind of dictate where she goes and what she does and that's how she decides to do it is be like okay well if you don't want me to kill all these people i'm gonna go and kill 300 people it's like no you're kind of just feeding into that uh which then it turns later when she starts killing all the colos she's like oh i feel really good now because i'm like killing these other things and not humans granted i'm team colos over here but <laughs> my next stock up was uh being cuckoo for cocoa puffs Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, that's not a good sign. But Zane here, my boy Zane, absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, I thought we were talking cereal. You're talking about being crazy. I'm being crazy. I was about to start talking about uh, Cocoa Krispies. That's what I I fuck with. Is is that the wait? Is that the chocolate chip cookie one? That's like the Rice Krispies, but with chocolate. Got you. No, I'm talking like actually Zane being cuckoo. (laughs) Okay. So Zane. It really has no relationship with um, with Vin besides the fact that they fight at night. You know, they just kind of spar to, to check their powers. One time he saved her, wasn't really clear, but they haven't had any like interesting conversations outside of him just telling her that like Ellen's using him. And he's really not macking any good, you know, he's not spitting any good game out there, but he's mm-hmm. crazy. He's crazy as you can get. And Vin is actually thinking about leaving Ellen to go off with Zane, even though she's had this huge relationship with Ellen. They're like 
potentially going to get married. They spent countless nights together. But she's like, nah, this guy's giving me the crazy eyes, so I might leave to go with him. Made very little sense to me, but I just realized, like, oh, chicks just love the guy who's a little crazy, and Ellen's just the nice guy. It's not surprising that the girl that fell in love with Ellen in two seconds is also falling in love with some other dude. Two se- like, oh, it's like, wow. You know, she's 17. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, you fall in and out of love when you're that young. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Also, it seemed like their relationship. I'll get into it later. But um, did you have any other stock ups? One quick one was early bird catching the worm stock up. Mm. Zane and Van are just on the on the just fighting, dueling and just tossing coins everywhere like across the whole city just leaving coins on the ground and the ska don't go out and during the mist you know at night but like when they wake up early whoever gets up early is just oh. making a fortune oh yeah, yeah. even uh vin even mentions it she's like i'm carrying around a bag of coins that if i had this when i was a ska would be like set me up for like a couple of years but i'm just tossing them on the fucking ground like they don't give a shit about them i'm like oh wow must be nice huh yeah you'd have to be in a very specific spot but yeah i'm i, I can dig that I can dig some early bird getting the worm. Stock up. My last one, also quick, and it's going to tie into my stock down, but autocracies. So this whole book is, you know, a lot of it is political drama, political intrigue, what have you. And it's all because Ellen set up this very intricate government where, you know, there's um, balances of power and checks of power, all those kind of things that you're expecting from mm-hmm. a developed government, a developed governmental system. But at the end, Vin's like, oh, I made you uh, emperor. And Alan's like, yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like he spent yeah. years writing up his ideas on what the perfect government's going to be. And then at the end, it's like, no, no, no. Just give me all the power and I'll figure it out. I'm a nice enough guy. So yeah, uh, stock up to autocracies because we might need one of those from the right person. What did you have for uh, stock down? Stock down military tactics. I mean, we've had this as a stock up in past uh, episodes, but I'm now I'm selling. I think with the stock, it's a little bit too high. So, I mean, I get that the Ska aren't fighters, right? They're not, you know, they're not used to being in, in wars or fighting, but like, they do manual labor. They're normal people. Yeah, they're not they're like people. they're like. Well, we can't use them. It's like the alternative is them just to sit at home and get killed, slaughtered. Like, why yeah. are we not having them build defenses and train them and, and dig like trenches? They, you know, like yeah, they make them do stuff. They're just literally sitting there doing absolutely nothing, and they're like watching, like why they they fight. I'm like, pick up a fucking sword. Or maybe build like a bow and arrow. You take that. Like in Ellen, at one point, I when I was like, oh, this is one where they're gonna start. I was going to start figuring out and being a leader. He was like, we're going to go in all these houses. We're taking down the firewood. And I was like, oh, shit. This is the, the montage in the movie where they're like training and then they're building f- defenses. And they're like, we're going to actually defend this city because we got a leader to look to now. But he does that one thing. And then like we don't hear from him again. The next time we see them, they're all just watching. It's a great point, And I had the same thought because it made me think of Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, one of the greatest movies ever made. There's a point where he goes out and he basically rallies all of the peasants to like build this like treehouse city in the middle of Nottingham mm-hmm. Woods or whatever. And the montage is them building this treehouse city and then also him training all of these peasants on how to shoot bows and arrows. And obviously it starts off with, you know, everyone missing and whatever, but then towards the end of the montage, you know, they're honing in and they're shooting these things straight at the dummies or whatever they made up. Why can't you do that with the ska? I don't understand. You're able to empower them. You have soothers. Like, don't just use soothers for the battle times with your soldiers. Like, use them to get ska, like, the confidence they need to actually do things. They're like Ewoks, kid. <laughs> Star Wars. They're like Ewoks. Yeah. Who cares if they're physically less superior or haven't been trained? You can still use yeah, them. Yeah, we can get the two logs that, that cross that, that chicken walker or whatever. Use the two logs on a coloss. They're also coloss. Like, yes, they're, they're, they're beings that don't have a ton of intelligence. So you might as well dig pits and all sorts of traps you know yeah right take them take a page out of the Viet Cong book and have some crazy bouncing Bettys all over the place do whatever you need to do to keep these coloss out of your city instead it's like no let's like put them in their house and just see if they die makes no sense I'm with you there 
My first stock down is being king. Yeah, it sounds good. You know, you got the crown up on your head. But Mm -hmm. Ellen is terrible being king. He's got a terrible time. One, people are trying to, I mean, probably the most important, is people are trying to kill slash dethrone you left and right. Ellen just like is getting all these assassins coming after him from different parties and people inside and outside are trying to dethrone him. On top of that, you think, okay, you're king, like, you get respect at least. You know, you're you're the top of the you're the top of the pecking order. You can just lop heads off when you want. Nah. People are going around calling him kid, calling him L. Hey L, what's going on? It's like, I'm your fucking king. Show me some respect. But no, people don't even treat him with respect. He's got his girlfriend who won't even marry him. She won't even marry him. He can't go out and, and get get anything else if he wants to, even though he could but he's just this like soft king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Oh, I was just going to say that. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. Ellen's head is dragging on the floor. Which one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you. Got him. Oh, you. Maybe his balls, considering <laughs> that is probably quite pent up. Uh, what else do you have for stock down? Not stepping on throats. Stock down. I guess that's a double negative, but I had too many stock ups, but. We have Straff, who has like a chemist, right? The girl that he just brings into. Like- yeah, I think she's like his, like one of his like woman slaves. He's a disgusting creature, by the way, Straff Venture. Yeah, 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 he's not a he's not a good dude. Good, good evil guy, but yeah. But she gets to the point where he's basically about to die from not having the medicine or the drug or whatever, right? He's he's basically mm-hmm. ready to die, and she doesn't step on throats you got to just continue to keep the role until he's literally dead you can't just be like start bragging this is like a very similar to the game of thrones duel where the guy has him like down was who is it martell yeah over in martell or whatever yep has him down ready to die and he's like just bragging finish cross the finish line finish the game step on throats literally in this instance she should have stepped on throats and like finished them and not fucking bragged be better. Yeah. Some of my favorite YouTube or like Reddit clips are people in like bike races or marathons that like pulled their hands up and start celebrating and then someone passes them. I just love that stuff. It makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next and last uh, stock down is pituitary gland issues. You know, not a, not enough light is given to pituitary I know what that is, but what issues. is pituitary? What is it? What's the word? Pituitary? Yeah, uh, it's I've you know I have very layman's understanding, but it's a gland you have that uh, it has a lot of you know re- it re- regulates hormones and what whatnot. Sometimes kids have issues with pituitary glands, and either they're not producing enough growth hormone and they can be like stunted, or in other cases like the movie Jack featuring Robin Williams, they're producing too much growth hormone and they can like age a lot faster those kind of things granted that's not exactly what happened in the movie jack so please don't send me any listener email telling me that like that's not exactly what happened i know okay i hear you fritz ford coppola good for you can't believe you directed that movie but get back to my point pituitary gland issues not enough talk about pituitary gland issues and in this one they actually victimize the victim because all the coloss have it's the, the thing they there's no sympathy for them it says that they increase in size indefinitely until their hearts can't take it anymore and pretty much explode or like that's a coloss's life plan so they have some seriously overactive pituitary glands they just need some help they just need some medicine instead mm. people are like no these things are animals they need to be killed there's no no understanding for the plight of these people. Yes, they may be a little warmongery, okay? I understand that. They're not the brightest lot. Uh, they accept wooden coins because they're that, you know, that dumb. But they don't know any better. Teach them. No, instead, Vin's like, I've never felt so good killing, massacring all of these colas. <laughs> I've never yeah. I've never felt so great now that I'm not killing Genocide. people. Instead, never been yeah, so instead fun. of genociding <laughs> yeah. all of these colas. It's like, holy shit, these are Tuscan Raiders. They're people too. They got families. What are you doing? I thought they were about to be zombies, and that's why they were like their skin they look like humans, but their skin's peeled back, and then every time they kill someone else, they like you know, maybe like get bigger and the skin pulls back more. Yeah, well, it's also like they're just shaming stretch marks too. This whole book, it's like if someone's got some <laughs> yeah. stretch marks, it's like ew, gross. You're coloss, uh, terrible. You haven't had like skin that's dry and cracked and bleeding all the time. My hands in the winter. 
I felt uh, I felt heard. I felt seen. They're like, look at this disgusting human. I was like, Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All Colas have is just a bunch of medical <laughs> maladies, and <laughs> no one's taking care of that. Instead, they're just murdering them. It's terrible. Let's get into the favorite scene here. What did you have for your favorite scene? Well, I think you pointed to it earlier. It was kind of a slow grind, which was fine because mm-hmm. I think we had the stage set in the first book, but and it was interesting kind of to get the the background. I, I do think there are some probably areas that could have been cut a little bit. Like there was like a scene where they just like go get dresses, and I'm like, what yeah, are we doing here? Yeah. You know, I'm like, all right, enough of this. But it did build up to the the big war, which I think would be amazing, like if it were portrayed on a you know TV or movie, where. You have the Kolos attacking, and then you have the other group attacking, and then, you know, you have kind of like four different armies coming together. You have Vin running back. You got Seiza going all Hulk on these, oh, yeah, the, you know, cool. the Kolos. It was kind of like a Game of Thrones where you have like four episodes that are like building backstory, and then you have a big war, and it makes the war way better than if you had a war every episode, right? Oh, so yeah, for sure. I did appreciate that, and that obviously that final climax was uh was pretty good yeah the first the first book was really a heist book set in this world so it built the world up but it was really about this heist so you were introduced to the characters a little bit but it didn't get in a ton of character development really outside of vin so i thought this was a good especially because it's a middle book it's a good character development book it, they kept it going with some interspersing battles with vin fighting assassins and whatnot i like all the political stuff, so I thought that was fine. Um, but I did think that I agree with you that the build up to that battle was sweet. If you saw it on a big screen or whatever, it'd be cool. It'd be like Battle of Helm's Deep kind of thing with Vin being Legolas and just taking down Urukai, aka Kolos, left and right. Also, Urukai, maybe they're understood, not understood either. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> that's another thing we have to dig into. Uh, but yeah, so, and I, and I specifically within that battle, I loved when. Say Zed was like you said, going all Hulk on everyone, and then starts losing it. And he's like about to die, and then it's like, wait, is that Vin's music? Like sees in the back, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sees in the background, just all these lights glittering, and realizes they're coins. It's like yeah. Vin flying through the air, shooting coins at Coloss left and right. It's great. I also liked Vin crushing the assassins at the assembly. I thought that was that was a good fight. I mean, even alone, Vin just using talk about fighting video games, using that like. Mortal Kombat style finishing move on the guy and just headbutting him until his that's head amazing. explodes. Like, yeah, let's see more of that. Who, what about your character? Do you have a favorite character in this one? Tindwell, obviously. Really? Tinny? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I lo- loved her. I mean, what this book is, if we don't have Tindwell, is a YA book that where a leader and a and his girlfriend just you know don't talk to each other and argue and think like, does she like me? Does he like me? Like, should I? that's what the book is. And Tindwell comes in and is like. Hey, Alan, stop being a huge bitch. And he just starts like calling him out and everything. I was like, yes, yes, this is what we need. This is what every YA book needs is someone to come in and just say, the world doesn't revolve around you. You're, you know, you're the main character in this book for a reason. Start acting like it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. She starts calling everyone out. And I do like that she's like, certain people need to be shit on because they haven't had a hard life. And certain people have had a hard life. They don't probably need to be shit on anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She was like the best coach, right? She was your your Bobby Knight or whatever. Yeah, not doesn't shit on just everyone. But well, yeah. she's like a Bobby Knight, but like Bobby Knight, some people then like is like a father figure to other people. Exactly, know? exactly. She was she was doing it be like, hey, because Ellen even says it to boy, like, why didn't you say that to her or whatever? It's like, well, one, she's not king. Like, she's not the Michael Jordan of this group. So you know, right. you need it a little harder than everyone else. And also, like, she's seen some shit. So you haven't seen no shit. So. I'm going to do whatever I need to get you ready. I appreciate it, Tindwell. I was very surprised that she died. Very surprised. I also was 100% felt, felt Sazed. I, if I'm Sazed, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, yeah, yeah there's, I have no faith. I'm gone with everything. Because he just let everything, everything he believed in and, every, and it's the only person he's ever loved are just done. They're gone. They're dead. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating move in the, in the next one for Sazed because I think um, Ham asked him, you know all these religions, which one do you believe in? He was like, I believe in all of them. And then at the end, he's just like, I believe in none of them. Like, and I, you know, he's like thinking like, maybe I never did. What would be an amazing turn would be if he's the bad guy. That would be the best making of a bad guy ever, where you're like, use your favorite character, book one and book two. And then book three, he's like, everything's dead to me. I'm going to kill everyone. He did tell Vin, like, give her a fake map or whatever. You know, he's he's doing some shysty shit on his own. But 
you forget that we didn't have any Sazed POVs in Final Empire. So, because he was such a great character in that, but it was just his interactions with Vin, really. So, it was great to get his point of view in this book because it was like very different, very interesting. I liked most of the stuff except for like when he was like in farming villages at the beginning. I was like, okay, get the fuck out of there. Go back home. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'd say Sazed was up there with me. Definitely a not for me, not my character was L. Excuse me, your highness, King Venture. <laughs> Definitely not. He was scared of Vin when she smushed that guy's head in. He was like, oh, shocked. And he was like, I can't believe that she did that for me. Like, it was gruesome or whatever. It's like, Dude, this is your girlfriend and also your like your bodyguard. That would be awesome. Talk about sending a message to the entire league. Smashing someone's face in in front of an assembly with your own head as being a little girl, like no one's going to mess with you. That's when you get ex- excited, maybe sexually. <laughs> <laughs> Not backed in horror. I, I hate that. And also, he's, he's too nice. He could have easily stayed king. He wrote the rules for this government and then no one reads the rules and then he's like oh okay no you it's actually in the rules that i i can't be king you know so you guys can change your vote. yeah but no one read it that's their fault for not reading the fine print talk about contracts it's their fault when they turn to him and like well what's the rule here it's like hey listen buddy go read it your fucking self i'm not telling you like this is a political we're about to do a vote here you're not i'm not telling you the like everything that needs to be yeah you know done within this thing that's not your job your job is to write the rules everyone else can use them as they it's want it's also like if you ask if you're looking at me to answer your question then obviously i should be king very simple right exactly yeah if if you don't know the rules he doesn't know the rules then i should be king simple as that good night now you're going to the gulag Let's get into some love hate. What do we love about the Well of Ascension? Did you fart? <laughs> love. Yes. <laughs> Farts. Speaking of breeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you did that on purpose, didn't you? Uh, nice. Uh, anyways, breeze. I, I just i I didn't realize. I think in the last book how powerful or how much he, he was soothing and how kind of a good guy he was in terms of what he was soothing oh yeah and they were even said at one point they were like he's the most powerful misting you know in the known world or something like that i'm hiring this dude out for for weddings and for events because oh, all he was doing was just call. bringing good vibes to everyone he'd be in a room and he'd just be like good vibes good vibes good vibes i'm like shit let's get this dude at like events that i'm like hosting or being a part of in the last book it may, almost made it seem like he was like being manipulative yeah in this book yeah they show like, oh, no, he's just doing it to make everyone feel good. Like, he wants everyone to have a good time around him. I was like, that's fucking awesome. So I love that. Yeah, imagine him at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people will be throwing people up on that chair. No, that, you know? that's a wedding. Those happen at weddings. I, no, I think it happens at bar mitzvahs too, no? I'm almost positive they do it at bar mitzvahs. I mean, it'd be the most epic Hava Nagila. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a big brief fan too. And I liked his like character development throughout this and once again just like all the characters for the most part their character actually that's going to get me into my next section but yeah for the most part all the character development i thought was really good whether it be brand Mm -hmm. i mean clubs my boy clubs i mean r.i.p indeed clubs i feel like was great in this book considering he was like nobody really in the last one he was just like the guy who they did their shot the shop but then when sazed's talking to him about his religion and how it would be like this part of this artisan religion and he kind of broke into Clubs' uh, tough exterior there, got into that warm, squishy interior. I, I liked that. Uh, one of the things I loved, though, was, and I've kind of already talked about it, but but the political intrigue. There's a lot of, at least from what I understand about the reactions to this book, is there's a lot of like, eh, it's it's a little political, it's a little slow, but you know, it's a good middle book for the series. I totally disagree. It's just a different vibe. If you wanted to read mistborn all over again just after you're done with the first one pick it up and read it again you know or go somewhere else but you're trying it's a world building character driven story so you'd want to get more out of these characters specifically because the first book wasn't any of that it was just mostly here's vin here's kelsier here's some crazy heist thing that's going on so you get this more of how this world works who are the power players involved what it's like to try to build a government from nothing or at least like different weird pieces that then you have to use. 
I thought that stuff was really good and how it also tied in with the assassination attempts and, you know, the power struggle. I just, I thought, I thought that was really good. You know, Ellen growing into a full fledged character, not just this like bookish loser like us and the whole Tindwell versus Ellen thing and helping him grow. Like we talked about, I thought that was mm-hmm. really fun. So people who go in there saying like, Oh, if you don't like politics, don't go into it. It's, it's not like a politic book. It's a character book that has politics involved. So I, I like that. Well, what else, Jill? I did like the Condra stuff, even though I think we talked about it already. But I, I just like that being nice paid off. It's cool to have kind of someone that double crosses you. But at the end of the day, because you're a good person, they, oh, I guess we don't really want to double cross this person. Yeah. I, I mean, the part of the book is just how relationships matter and like building relationships is super important, whether it's with a Condra or a Coloss. God damn it. I want a Coloss to be a good guy. <laughs> Just, I also thought for sure that Spook was the one that oh, they so killed. Oh, so did I. I was, I, I was like, oh, it has to be him. Nobody I, loves this. Spook. I thought no the one same thing, too. I was like, it's got to be Spook. Spook does not get enough yeah. love. The first one, he tries to hit on Vin. She's like, now nah, pass. I'm going for this bookish loser. And then yeah. he's like. Did you see, too, the comment from uh, Vin in the book where she's like, Olerine, 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 comes in and Spook's like looking her up and down and, and Vin's like, ugh. Spook would do that, that piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I think oh. he has a pulse so he'll look at. I'm like, what the fuck? This dude just like proposed to you last time. And now you're like, what a piece of shit this guy is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry that an attractive person came in and he looked at her. I'm, I'm sorry, Vin. He tried to be super nice to you and like win your hand and you turned him down. When he goes out with Vin and Ellen and he's like, I'm a coward. I left the city or whatever. They're not really like, hey, man, you know, it's tough. It's tough to be human. Like, things happen. They're just like, nah, sometimes people are cowards. All right, what's up next? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like, what? There was something there. I forgot to put a note, but there was just something where it was like, yeah, that sucks. And then they don't write on <laughs> yeah, the next yeah. thing. I was like, wait, what? Other loves that I had was Vin just being a superhero in this one. I thought that was important. It was a great part of it. They didn't really explain how she had gotten so much better or like assumed her powers so much more. And a lot of it, I I think, is probably just, you know, she comes to her naturally. But Mm -hmm. I did like the idea of just like she's completely unbeatable and no one's like blown away by the stuff she's doing. Which just like not only the, the 300 people that she kills in what's his name's the guy's household, but when she's just killing the Coloss left and right, it was just like, holy smokes. Like those superhero scenes were super badass, especially considering Mm. it kind of opened up with her against those assassins. And it showed, it was a good stage setter to show like how much more powerful she's become since we last left her. But it wasn't just outright murdering, which I would love to see on the screen. Her just flying around doing some crazy Mistborn stuff. And I think with the lower moments where it's more conversational to have those like superhero moments was, was really good. I loved it. I loved every second of it. All right. What do you got for hate? Calling an outfit, a costume was one thing. I don't know why, but they kept on being like, Ellen's putting on his costume. I'm like, bro, you're never going to think that you're King. If you call your, uh, your King outfit, like the outfit you're wearing as a King, a costume that just shows that word literally means it's like your make-believe. It's like dressing up. It's not a real thing for you. Mm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting how they kept on calling a costume in there. Well, interesting because my mom, who's who's a flight attendant or retired now, and my stepdad, who's a pilot, they both referred to their uniforms as costumes. Hmm. But you just said uniform. You should have said they both refer to their costumes as costumes, right? No, but I mean, it's not on me. Like I, you know, they oh, refer okay. to it as. I went with the pilot. Sorry. Yeah, I went with the pilot on a fl- on a plane. I'm flying to be like, oh, it's just my costume. All right, <laughs> we're about to take off. Be like, what? But yeah, that was a quick one. The other thing, I w- I thought once they found out there's a conjurer amongst their mist, this should be the most important thing. Like you literally have someone that's secretly giving away everything you're planning in your mists. Right when you find out that there's certain people that are doing allomancy, that you should loop them in. Hey, we're looking for a conjurer. 
keep your eyes open, you know, things like that, where they're just like, kept it hidden. And they're like, I guess we have them too busy to like focus on that. I'm like, what, what is, what does that fucking even mean? Yeah. It should be focus. Number one is getting the ska and everyone ready for de- defending the city. Focus number two is finding this conjure. That's it. Yeah. You shouldn't be going to get dresses. It's what like are we doing? the conjures in the group. It's like, okay, well there's five mistings, so it can't be one of them, yeah. but we don't know if they're going to use their powers. So you just get those five mistings. You say, okay, everyone use your powers. Okay. You're yeah. not them next up you know then we yeah, that's on. it i was like so i'm like why are we making this yeah. some uh, some sort of secret then you boy just grab, should be known yeah, about like it. um the guy who they thought it was you know you just grab his like childhood friend from first grade and you're like who is that and be like i don't know it's like well then you're a contra yeah uh, right it's like they do such extensive research like they're the guy from uh Lincoln. Daniel Day-Lewis? They're DDL. He's just like, oh, he <laughs> knows everything that this person's ever done. Like, no, that's just not how it works. Like, they can't do that much research. So, um, for my hates, I hated the Dachshund storyline. It could have all been taken out. It made no sense whatsoever, I thought. He's like, hates the whole situation right now. He was like a Kelsier purist, but then he's like, not health, happy Kelsier died. And He's such a good guy in the first one and like Kelsier's right-hand man. You'd think he'd have more of a role in this new empire, but he doesn't. And then he just dies being like, was it all worth it? Wait, is he the one that's like doing like the, the books for them the whole time? Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I hated was Vin and Alan's relationship. I just thought, you know, there he says early on that he like asked her to marry him and she said no. And I know that she's still young and they don't really know each other that well, like in the sense. So he knew her as Valette. So like I get they're like still getting to know each other. And I'm not like dying to get some like 50 shades of gray action in the pages, but I would like some level of intimacy between them where I knew they were actually like cared about each other Mm -hmm. on more of just this like you know we know each other we've you know kind of have this thing for each other level you know i wanted it to be more not necessarily physical but if they had some physical aspects in there i'd be like okay cool these people are like actually attracted to each other and want to be together not like her slipping in and i'd be like oh you're still reading books he's like yeah i'd be like cool i'm going out to the mists it's like you know it's like the dad who goes out to the bar that comes home from work it's like oh, i'm going out to the bar she's like the meatloaf's in the oven when you get back i'll be in bed watching my stories so yeah Ain't nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just thought that their relationship wasn't like super super great the last one i already brought it up but the the kelsier hate that that just angered me every time they're like well kelsier went out and like killed people like hey kelsier freed you yeah None of you would be here. I'm trying to think of someone that like it was a revolution. It'd be like George Washington, Moses, or Moses. Yeah, anyone. Like one of these dudes that was like solely responsible for bringing the independence, and then criticizing them because that that freedom has allowed you to criticize them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, it's feeding somebody an omelet and them crying over the cracked eggs. Let's jump into listener mail. We got Murphy from Twitter. You've got mail. Thanks, Murphy. Uh, not sure male or female, but either way, thanks for uh, writing in. Would you rather be a Mistborn or a Ferrochemist? Uh, so like a, a keeper, like Sazed. Would you rather be like a Mistborn mm-hmm. or Sazed? Keith, what do you think? Here's the thing. We're already kind of terrorists, right? How so? You want to be less tired? You store up sleep. You sleep longer. You mm, take more naps. Yeah, you, sleep you doesn't actually work like that, but yes, okay. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Anyways, let me, let me go. You want to be more knowledgeable. You read more you do more research you try to you gain knowledge in that specific area you want knowledge in. okay you want to be have more endurance you want to have be able to lift things more you have to struggle you have to literally hurt yourself right mm. by lifting weights and running and doing all these things mm-hmm. in order to get all those things right like you're you're like and that's what he's doing he's reducing his like he's doing the opposite in order to gain more of something yeah else, so i think right? that's the part you missed is that he's doing the opposite but okay go on go on with your story no, but the opposite of opposite of being able to run fast is being able to run slow the reason you're running slow is because you're i mean you're basically hurting yourself in order to be able to run fast later okay yes i see what you're you're training see that's what you're doing and you're like reading a ton so that you can have knowledge that you can just pull from later Mm -hmm. it's like that's like you're storing stuff up like that anyway so that's where you are that's humans how the fuck would i want that i'd rather just drink some metal and be on superpowers that's an easy answer it's super easy yeah but so i disagree what they do is like the opposite, which is why it's exciting. If you're a misborn, so let's just go with this way. If you're a misborn, 
everyone is hunting you or trying to use you to their advantage. So there's very few of you. They know who you are. It's like being super famous. You know, it's a paparazzi all over you, but instead they're actually trying to kill you or like use you to advance themselves in some way. Yeah, you can push and pull metals. You can use superhuman strength and all that jazz. But how practical is that for our daily life? Like, okay, you can carry all the groceries in in one trip and, <laughs> yeah. and open the door with a little push-pull action and, you know, maybe impress yeah. the wife. But I'm going to go with ferrochemist because you need to cram for a test. Just read the material, save it into a copper mind. You can pretty much forget it because that's always the problem is you cram and then you forget it and – that you got nothing left, but no, just save into a copper mine. No need to memorize that. You still just study. Yeah, but like, you got to read. You you're don't allowed to study. notes on. You're allowed notes and um, things, and this is only for like a math okay. test. Okay, fine. And, you're, and also, we're not in high school, or college anymore. So what's the the benefit? You're like saying groceries. If if we're using that same analogy, I'd be in the NFL right now, right? Like or in college, I'd be like the best running back. Okay, right? sure. We'll we'll give you that one. But let's say right. let's say you're underage. Here's the thing, D-Man. You're too smart to think that way. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. <laughs> All right. You're you're underage, but you want to go yeah. to the bar to watch those NFL games that you're talking about on a Sunday. So you store some boyish good looks in your gold mind and all That's of a sudden fair. you look older and you get to go to the bar. Oh, 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 now you have to go into the men's room where the drunk heathens have pissed on the floor and upper decked all the toilets. So put some extra smell in your tin mind so you can't smell anymore and you have olfactory intrusion right there. You don't have to have it. Not only that, but then you got better smell later from when you're doing something that you would want to smell more. You know, you're eating that hot dog afterwards <laughs> and not, not you know, not a, a real one. Uh, or hey, what about this? What about this? Kid, I'm going to that bar. I'm pulling the lever of the metal of the, the beer tap, filling up a beer for myself, pulling it over to me, drinking that. And it's easy to, I don't know. Okay. And then I'm listening in on people's conversation, then going over and talking to them, knowing what they've been saying. Well, or, and then I'm shaping their emotions while I do that. Kid, I'm, I'm, I'm killing the bar scene. I don't know what you're doing. Right. You're, you're, you're pissing well at a bar. I don't know what's going on. What about this? You're headed to the beach for a day of spike ball. Yeah. You use some of that pewter mind to get jacked at the beach to get for the day you know you got your beach bod yeah. for the day you're ready to yeah, go you're dominating spike because normally in your everyday life you don't want to work out you don't want to do this so instead you get jacked for the beach get that beach bod going people are pulling the sunglasses down having a peek oh my god look at that guy but then the best part is the next day you can sit around watching movies all day and the wife can't give you shit because you're like, hey, baby, sorry, I used up all my pewter yesterday. I got to rest and restore my pewter mind. <laughs> all of these things are wonderful. You can just – if you want to get strong, you don't have to go and work out like you were saying earlier. You just sit there and do nothing and that gets you <laughs> strong. It's, it's almost perfect. You have to do the opposite. Kid, I'd rather take a performance enhancer and be able to be strong whatever I want, though. Yeah, but then the problem is you always need those medals. You always need, oh, you always need this, that, the other. That's why no. I have my right hand man, who's a, who's a chemist that just walks around with me. He's my, he's my, he's my. Uh, you get the, plug. you get the worldwide piece to your LeBron. I don't want worldwide on me all day. Like I want to be my own man. I got a, a couple medals on me, and I'm just living my life. Oh, I don't want to. Ru- I don't want to run today, but I want to run tomorrow. So don't I mean, run the today. The thing is, you do already have all those earrings and that like navel piercing, where you can store all that stuff. So that's good. Well, the, the Prince uh, Albert. I can't remember your Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going <laughs> for it. I knew you were going for it. Well, I, I don't think I knew what a Prince Albert was until this podcast, and you've mentioned it like six times. So I had to bring it back. <laughs> drink, drink. Okay. Well, before we get into recommend this book, I'd like to take a quick moment to talk about the recent blog post you had about summer book reads so on buddybuckclub.com you can go there we have a bunch of different blog posts out they're all quite enjoyable they're quick reads they're great toilet reads as i like to tell my friends and in in a good way you know like stuff you want to read on the toilet not like they're trashy toilet things but yeah that's i don't know that that's far off <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you had the most recent one was about summer book reads and you did your best to point it in the direction of books we had read, which I think is appreciative to not only me, but to Buddy Book Club listeners out there everywhere. Unfortunately, you had some, I have some qualms. You had books like Station yeah. Eleven on there. Oh, well, I knew you were going <laughs> to not like that. 
but first off, you didn't add any. I couldn't have like three other books on there that list. I had to add more in there so it looked like I read a yeah, lot. Yeah, that book was <laughs> terrible. I I didn't. It's not a bad beach. Uh, let's let's first define what a beach book is. Okay, that's the most important that is thing important. here. Okay, sure. So I think I I summed it up well in saying that. That the, the elements it needs to have is easily digestible, mm-hmm. meaning like I don't need to reread it 10 yes. times to figure out what sentence that was. Yes. Fast paced. I can't be sitting there zoning out. It needs to be fast paced. Mm-hmm. Lighthearted. It cannot be dark. I, I've read some dark books on yeah, the beach and they're not fun. that with the room. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then entertaining is kind of encompasses all those things. Obviously, if it's fast paced, digestible and lighthearted, it should be entertaining. Yeah. But that sums it up. So Station Eleven is not of that. None of those. Station Eleven, though, it might not be fast-paced, but I think it's easily digestible, and it's, it's like, entertaining, I think. I think it fits at least two of those. Well, it also fits the one of the other qualifiers you didn't make, which some people like to nap at the beach. And so that'd be a good book to read and then want to immediately <laughs> take a nap because it's so boring. All right, whatever. You you haven't brought in anything. Is you're allowed to criticize for, mine, but you, then you have to actually bring some to I the feel table. like you forgot about the number one book read what is in my that? opinion i'll add it right now which is the da vinci code that i didn't actually like the da vinci code what i mean i'm adding it but, but it, i mean dan brown books in general are beach reads i feel like because they're not i don't think the da vinci code is by any means like a stellar whoa book but it's super fast paced it's extremely easy to read it's really easy to follow you also had mentioned like Harry Potter on there, which is, uh, of course, Harry Potter is good in any setting. But for Harry Potter, for me, I want to be like sequestered in a room. If someone's like, hey, you want to go play spike ball, which is one of my favorite activities, I would say, no, I have to yeah, finish right. this Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. chapter. Like, I'm not participating. Like, that book is too good for the beach. Okay. Here's the thing. Any list that I make is going to have Harry Potter. It doesn't matter what it is, unless it's bad books. It's going. It's like, what's a great book to like recover from, like uh, you know, a, a funeral? I'll be like Harry Potter. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what list wouldn't have it. Every I like the idea it. of recovering from a funeral. I thought you were going to say like some know. sort of surgery or something. Like no, recovering from a funeral. <laughs> Okay. No, I mean, I thought it was a good blog. I really appreciate it. I like other people's feedback. I do find it kind of funny that when you go to the beach, and I live in a beach community, I've been to the beach a few times this summer, everyone's reading the same book. It's actually quite interesting. Right. They're like They're reading the same five books or something like that. And usually it's like every summer or something different. And I think maybe those Dan Brown books like plugged into my head because... I was on like vacations that summer and like everyone was reading it. There's a reason people bring magazines to the beach, you know? Right, right, right. That's it's just it's supposed to be like social media, like stimulus, brain stimulus in a book form. So I thought your list was good, though. Overall, overall, I thought it was very good. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to hear other people bring in some some recommendations. The Well of Ascension would be a decent beach book if for nothing else to hold down the corner of your blanket because it's like 750 pages. So <laughs> if it's a high wind day, yeah. uh, granted, I think it's a good book, but not a, not a really beach read. All right, well, let's get back to Well of Ascension. Keith, would you recommend Well of Ascension to friends, listeners, Goodreads, whatever you go for? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I think in the context of the last book, it, it was definitely good to continue the, the adventure and journey i think if i had just started on book two i don't know if i would have been like oh this this is a good the the context of the first book kind of made this one better so i don't think it was nearly as good as first book but i still liked it i still enjoyed it i think if it didn't have that climax at the end i would have been like all right like what are we doing here but i think it ended up being uh, pretty solid i'm pretty sure your girlfriend says the same thing <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know if she's ever uh, experienced that last part but <laughs> If you got issues, I know, guy. Um, yeah, no, I would recommend it too. I think all the points you said were great. It's a good middle book for a series. It didn't blow me away. It set a good scene for the next book. I think it did a good job summarizing the last book at the beginning. So if you were one of those people who doesn't want to read back-to-back 800-page books, which I totally understand, then this would be a good book to kind of oh, get you back. You don't have to like reread Mistborn to now fall into Well of Ascension. They did a good job of kind of guiding you the way through the first part, 
tying back in Mistborn, if I'm saying that with any sort of understanding. And then I thought in general it was just a good character development book that's hopefully setting up for something really special in Hero of Ages. I think we'll probably do that at some point, considering we've done the first two. This would be our first trilogy, right? We haven't even read Mitch Rapp trilogies. That's embarrassing. We're reading something similar to that next, which is Terminalist, correct? Yep, by Jack Carr. Yeah, Terminalist by Jack Carr just came out on Amazon Prime. I think it's a miniseries with Chris Pratt. Come give us a listen and then then watch that miniseries on uh, Amazon Prime. Get your beach reads in. If you have any other ideas for beach reads, Definitely send us uh, send us a message. Cool. Well, that's it, Keith. As always, it's been great. I'll catch you for Terminalist in uh, in a week or so, and we'll talk after that. Get it. All, right. All right. Bye now. Bye now.